welcome to another episode of the DFS Dose, your fix of DFS information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, and as always, I'm joined by the two Jays, Joey and Jared. And gentlemen, we are coming off of a pretty difficult week, in my opinion, uh, in this 2018 NFL season. Um, there were just a ton of options at each and every position, and the choices you made between two players who were both seemingly good options could have made a huge difference. Sammy Watkins and Chris Godwin. Joe Mixon or Kareem Hunt, like these decisions between very close players could have swung you, you know, massively. So uh, we're going to get into that as we always do talk about the plays you needed to have to cash highly in GPPs uh, and just go over everything that happened in week eight. But before we do that, Joey, would you mind telling the people how to support the podcast? You could support the DFS Dose by following us on Twitter at the DFS Dose. Uh, we post tweets on there regularly, so you can go ahead and follow us on there. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at the DFS Dose, and then subscribe on iTunes as well if you're listening on iTunes. All right, you know, I mean, as always, I I, I think it's fair that we just start with with the tilt. So, Jared, how about you? What's got you tilted in in this week? Tom Montgomery's hands. Oh wow! <laughs> wow! Wow! Um. I know. <laughs> Um, T.Y. Hilton, one catch for 34 yards. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I got to say, man, because so I had Luck and Hilton both in cash. So I was watching that game pretty closely. And what I saw, at least three red zone targets and just all of them were off. And I, I was like just ripping my hair out watching this game. It was so tilting. And just, you know, every time they got down there, Marlon Mack, beasted today and oh man just that was just a real rough game real rough game to watch yeah ty hilton with a season low one catch one, one catch, catch for 34 one catch bro one, one my catch. son had one catch one against a team that continually gets burnt by you know deep wide receiver threats and and just no like it all went to jack doyle and ebron crazy you know who had less crazy. catches who that trash can martavis bryant <laughs> <laughs> yo shout out to you guys if you played martavis bryant as chalk um yo that cash. was a bold move yo you like, know had more catches than ty helen and martavis bryant uh combined <laughs> jermaine curse my son, my, son <laughs> pop, my son popped off <laughs> three catches oh, for 30 man. yards in my cash lineup uh yeah. i i went back on my word and i played him and it's probably a bad idea. What did you not hear about him being on Jared's do not touch yeah. list? Like we know that's know, not a place know, that you want to be. Yeah. I I was you know, I wasn't going to play him but like damn, he's 4300 fits my lineup. He might have to go back in there. <laughs> well, you know, he he did get 10 targets. Was that a flex or a starting receiver spot? Uh starting. Oh Jesus. I was about okay. About to say because Jalen Richard was a, a ten times better play at at a flex. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Richard was a good did, play. Um. What did Richard end up with? Fourteen or fifteen? I think it was fourteen point seven. Yeah. He had eight catches. Yeah. Like. Nice, so nice. he three xed in this new NFL, like we've talked about before. Like three xing sometimes can't do it. You know. Yeah. Curse had six points he just fit my salary i mean i could have went down to some other guys below him but you know i just i just played him at least he didn't put up zero so i guess that is facts taking a step in the right direction you know yeah 
But my my biggest tilt is Jameis Winston is either a drug addict or a drunk. <laughs> like, dude, like I, like how I was telling you guys before, he'll literally set his feet, be ready to looking like he's gonna throw a dime, and he'll just throw a, an absolute duck, and it'll be picked off somehow, some way, or he'll overthrow his receiver by seventeen yards and and get picked off. Like, how can you be so inconsistent? You were drafted number one overall. Like, you're supposed to have it together by now. Yeah. He got benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I think is a pretty good, you know, player comp for him, honestly. They're both gunslingers, can definitely push it down the field, but just sometimes make, you know, just like jaw-dropping mistakes that you're just like, like, what is happening right now? Yeah, like, it's incredible. Yo, I, I have no words, honestly. That I'm never playing. Nah, I won't even say that. <laughs> <laughs> i might play winston again but like it's just so tilting like to see he'll have to get his starting position back though that is true fitz magic is probably going to be the starter and honestly they shouldn't go away from him for the rest of the season because because winston, winston is something else i'm telling you he is something else for me uh the most tilting thing <clears throat> also was in tampa bay and it was just Chris Godwin, just a complete letdown, two catches for 32 yards on seven targets. I mean, like, he got outproduced by Humphreys. Like, Humphreys got seven catches on 10 targets for 76 yards. Like, that's kind of what I was hoping for for Godwin and, like, maybe a touchdown. But, like, I mean, you're getting out-targeted by Humphreys. You're getting outproduced by O.J. Howard, who's in a timeshare with Cameron Bray. Like, you're getting outproduced by Deshaun Jackson, which may make a little more sense when you see Fitzmagic comes back in, but, like, still... I mean, Chris Godwin is a talented player. He's just not getting used. And There's, oh man, there's so just... many people in the offense, you know. And Adam Humphreys is a viable slot receiver, honestly. I mean, there's just a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of players in the offense. You got Mike Evans, uh, Deshaun Jackson, Godwin, Humphreys, OJ, uh, Bray. There's just a lot of mouths to feed. And Godwin is going to be inconsistent until there's a clear, defined role for him in that offense. And that would probably come if they trade Deshaun Jackson. And, yeah, I mean, so the rumors came out this morning that Deshaun Jackson had asked for a trade. So, like, in my head, I was kind of thinking that the Bucks might try and shift more to using Godwin to see if that would be, like, a viable option for them. But just the complete opposite. And, yeah, like, Humphreys, Humphreys I don't really think is necessarily competition for Godwin because he plays all in the slot, like you said. So... It's really more just until Deshaun Jackson is gone, or if Mike Evans' injury turns out to be serious, then Godwin would have a serious boost as well. But, I mean, I guess at this point it's just not viable. And in that, in that like, under 5K range, Godwin was just the wrong option, and I had him everywhere. Could have played Larry Fitz right under him, could have played Sammy Watkins right above him, and just made the wrong decision. So, yeah, I'm definitely, you know, feeling that one. Lost all my GPPs today. Managed to slide a victory out in cash, but ugh, just just a bad bad week for GPPs for me. Yeah, I didn't I didn't cash in the millie because of Martavis. Yeah. Um. So let's get right into it and talk about a couple of players who you needed to have to cash highly in GPP, and we just mentioned one, and that was Sammy Watkins. Only five point one percent owned. He was a value, and he really snapped today. Eight catches, 107 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, we weren't on Sammy, were we? Like, I don't think any of us played him. Nah, no. definitely not. Dude's a scrub. He, he, he is a scrub, and this is just one of the games this season that is an outlier. These next couple games, he'll have, like, 10, 8 points, and then he'll have his one 
game where he snaps, aka today, and then he'll just go back, and that'll be the reoccurring theme for the season. I mean, Sammy is just uh, the fourth option in that team. I mean, he's always going to be behind Tyreek Hill and Kelsey, uh, even Kareem Hunt, just in terms of, like, you know, the Chiefs offense, so... Um, Hunt was another popular play in that same game. He put up 19.6 points. So at a 7.1 salary, you know, it could have been better. But, I mean, you're, you're not going to be mad with 19 points. So, I mean, Hunt went for 50 yards on 16 carries, also had five catches, and a touchdown, just a beastly touchdown where he, like, hurdled a dude and just ran through. That I mean, shit was that, crazy. That was savage. That was a that was a wild play. I mean, Cream Hunt continues to look really good. That boy had like a forty five inch vertical, bro. Just straight up jumped over this man, rumbled his way into the end zone, kind of salvaged his day, low key. Yeah, I mean, it was looking pretty rough early. Uh, you know, early in the day with Connor and Hunt in my yeah. cash lineup, both of them had like under five points. Pretty, pretty like late into the second quarter, I it think, was, and they both just turned it on. I mean, it was looking rough for the entire NFL slight until yeah, no, for until like the second half came and teams started scoring and players started scoring points and everything worked out. So let's talk about some of these running backs because there was there was a lot going on at running back this week. Um, James Conner. Yeah, we, t- we touched on Kareem Hunt, but right above him, the most pop was he the most popular over Gurley? Yeah, James Conner was chalk, absolutely. Yeah, Conner Connor was the play. Um, just the flat out, you had to have him. He completely snapped. 24 rushing attempts for 146 yards and two touchdowns. Also had six targets, caught five of them for 66 yards for a grand total of 41.2 DraftKings points, his best yet. And he just continues to flourish uh, as, as the Steelers lead back. That system is made for running backs. And as long as there's one player in that system getting 20, 25, 30 touches, they're going to be fantasy viable every week. And James Conner is proving and has proven that you should play him every week. And uh, now for the man who did not play him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> faded him. That's tough. Still cash. How come? Was it, I mean, who who did you play? You played Hunt, right? And I played else? Hunt, Carryon Johnson, and then Rashard in my flex. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a strict yeah. rule. I told you guys, I'm not playing him at home. I'm gonna stick with that till I die. Even if the numbers tell you it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah, huh? I'm gonna stick with that. <laughs> All right, you know that's solid. You know, conviction is important. I mean, I still scored 153 and cashed, so I'll take it. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's definitely good. Yeah, I mean, Connor, to me, was the sole reason that I didn't play Gurley in cash, even though Gurley is a lock for, you know, 25 points or more, um, as he showed again today. But, I mean, just with Connor's workload, his usage, and his, you know, matchup, I just thought Connor was a surefire play in cash. And I felt comfortable with what he saved you going down, you know, 2300 from Gurley. I think that just offered a lot of flexibility to go with him as your RB1 this week. And clearly a ton of people agreed because he was pushing over 60% owned in the single entry $25 double up. Same thing with the Steelers D, just massively owned. The highest I've ever seen a defense owned actually um, in a DraftKings, you know, cash game. He 80% owned in, in the single entry $25. Yeah, that was crazy. I was kind of surprised. I know I'm skipping over a little bit, but surprised that 
Tyler Boyd was only like thirteen percent owned. These it was mm-hmm. a it was a weird ownership week. I feel like I didn't think James Conner would be that chalk. Yeah, I didn't either, honestly. And I didn't think Philip Lindsay would be that chalk. That I had a feeling feeling because Lindsay ended up being I don't know, people fell in love with Lindsay. Um I mean it worked out. I mean that was like the first person I mentioned right when we got off the podcast last week when we looked at the prices. He had the best matchup yeah. on the board. But I didn't I didn't play him. <laughs> Lindsay was five point two and carry on was five point three and I thought carry on was the better play because he was at home. Um, with Riddick out, he seemed game script proof, in my opinion, whereas Lindsey, I did not think was uh, quite as much, even though he did end up getting three catches today, um, along with his 95 yards and a touch on the ground, um, just short of that bonus, which could have really boosted Lindsey, who ended up with 20.2 points. Um, but again, I mean, Lindsey on the road in a division matchup for the second time, it just didn't seem like a great spot, but he, you know, he managed to do it. And Lindsey looks good. He looks like he might be a legitimate running back in the NFL here. He just runs with such, like, physicality. Yeah, and especially if Royce Freeman misses extended time. Mm-hmm. Could really separate himself. Yeah. And yeah. on Johnson, who I played, managed to sort of salvage his day. He had a pretty low rushing output, but that's because the Lions were down all game. Uh, on 8 for 22 on the ground, but he caught six, uh, six receptions for 69 yards. He was just, you know, like Stafford's number one target pretty much on, on this comeback attempt that they utterly failed at the Lions. But, you know, Carrion... Uh, showed that if Theo Riddick were to not be in, that he could do it, which is good. So, um, you know, carry on, decent play. But when Riddick comes back, I think it might be time to fade, unless it's just just a smash spot because once that receiving is gone, you're kind of counting on him to get over 100 yards rushing, which is never, like, a bet yeah. I really want to make on DraftKings. And, and Lindsey just missed the 100-yard bonus, too, by five yards as well. So he could have he scored more. Yeah, definitely could have. Right in that same range, very few people were on Adrian Peterson, priced right below them at 4.9K. Um, Joey, I know you were a fan of playing AP this week, and he just absolutely snapped. Yeah, it's just when you trade your best run defender, or actually the best run defender in the entire NFL for years straight, like I'm talking like three to four years in a row, the matchup just becomes that much better. Adrian Peterson absolutely snapped. I think um, he was he was having a solid day, like a standard, like 20 carries, 90, 96, 7 yards until he broke like a long 64-yard touchdown run, um, put him over the 100-yard mark, gave him a touchdown. Um, he ended with 30. The second of the yeah, day. Yeah, second of the day. Because he had a receiving touchdown as well. Yep. Yeah, vultured that from Chris Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, AP was in a great spot after that Harrison trade, and, and I thought it was just a clear – clear-cut uh at least gpp play i didn't play him in cash i played him in gpp though yeah totally agree i uh i i looked at that after you said that thought that that made a ton of sense with snacks gone and i went there as well uh ap with the washington defense coming back both solid plays it's a shame that the rest of my gpp line was garbage because that (laughs) worked but um but yeah uh ap certainly has shown that he is not really feeling the pressure of age so you know maybe this Le'Veon bell time off can really you know do Le'Veon some help the way it did with ap yeah for sure you know just real quick in that same game jordan reed 
uh, it might be fully over because today he really got the workload. He had 12 targets, seven catches for 38 yards, no touchdowns. Like, I mean, Jordan Reed, it, it might be over officially. That's a product of Alex Smith. I mean, Alex Smith put up the league's arguably, you know, best tight end while he was in KC. Yeah, that's true. Right? But I think I, mean, I think Kelsey is way better than Jordan Reed. And at the time, KC really didn't have that many playmakers, I don't feel like. Yeah, he had Cream Hunt last year, but Alex Smith was there already prior for years as well as Kate as well as Kelsey. So, I mean, when you got only Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, they had Macklin for a while. When, when yeah, Macklin but <laughs> Jeremy Macklin is. Right, let's be he honest. He was pretty good. He, he was good, but he wasn't anything special. He he hadn't been good since Eagle days. Um. <laughs> But I don't know, like Jordan Reed, like he's talented, and I feel like this offense with Alex Smith just isn't a right fit for him. Seems that you know Smith has more of a rapport with uh, Vernon Davis, to be honest. Yeah, they got the the connection from the Niners days, man. I think that I think <laughs> it makes a difference, low key. Like you touched on him briefly, Jared, but Tyler Boyd, um, under owned and like just produced like a beast today nine catches for 138 yards and a touchdown he just looks like he's really really developing in this I think it's his third year if I'm not mistaken clearly giving the Bengals something that they haven't had in a long time uh as a wide receiver too from AJ Green better than Sanu was for them and kind of what I think Ross what they wanted Ross to be it was better than Marvin Jones too definitely no I mean for real Marvin Jones was a better player in Detroit than he was with. Oh yeah, hundred percent for sure, hundred percent. But yeah, I mean, so did you? You both were on Boyd, right? Hell yeah, he was my like lock of the week. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't play a receiver over seven thousand. Really? Yeah, no, I played Boyd. Boyd Woods were my one two. Yeah, I played mm-hmm. Boyd, Devonte, and uh, uh, that bum. I mean, once Jared mentioned all those stats about Tampa Bay slot receiver percentage allowed whatever yeah it was just a complete lock yeah 10 touchdowns as slot receivers and then they were like second in the league and the receiving yards allowed to um slot receivers and boyd's he this is his breakout year like there was no reason to not think he was gonna break out i think aj green was more chalked than him right way more yeah w- yeah way more boyd was very low on no no, no, no I, I was actually surprised i know was what was aj do you know i mean this is a millimaker but like a, a five dollar three entry he was 16.7 percent i think that's right around where aj green was because the thing is i mean tyler boyd kind of like aj green but not quite as much i mean those receivers in the upper 7ks were all really good options so i think the ownership was really split amongst like aj green adams evans and odell and Antonio Brown if you go a little bit higher. So there were less options. I think people were either playing Boyd or playing maybe Robert Woods in that spot down at that 6K. It just helped that obviously Boyd produced better than A.J. this week. Yeah. A.J. Green was 16.8% owned in the the massive $25 single entry double up. So, yeah, he was sitting around 16 to – 17%. 17%. Um, so he wasn't that chalk, but he was still more owned than, than Boyd when Boyd had the clear, better individual matchup rather than Green. It's not It's not like Green's matchup was bad, though, right? Yeah, I mean, no, nah, his matchup obviously. was great. It's just the Buccaneers are worse against slot receivers, 
and Tyler Boyd is mm-hmm. one of the up-and-coming slot receivers in the NFL in a pass-happy offense. I mean, Joe Mixon did have a good day. It hurts me to say that. <laughs> but I told you it was coming. I mean, career day, I think, was it? Yeah, I, yeah, I think it was. But Yeah, it was. After, he, he heard the podcast, all right? He heard me mm-hmm. talking junk about him, saying that he didn't yeah. have a higher career day than guys like Marlon Mack and all these other and all these other uh average guys. Um yeah, he went out there bald and twenty one rushes for hundred twenty three yards and two touchdowns as well as three catches for fifteen yards. Definitely a career day for Mixon. He played really well. But the Bucks defense is just one to target. We've we've said this over and over and over. You just play anybody that's playing them, and you'll win. Although C.J. Uzoma was not the play, <laughs> and was relatively popular in cash. Um, I know I mentioned Uzoma was in my player pool, but like I just didn't see why people just want to go right up to Howard, who had the best matchup on the board. Yeah. Nah, so Uzoma, Uzoma hurt his shoulder, oh, but he was still okay. out there. He just didn't do anything. Yeah, it's so. a solid uh, donut. I mean, I, I I agree Uzoma was a bad play in tournaments for sure just because he doesn't really offer that ceiling. I could have seen it in cash just based on matchup. But, I mean, wait, so did you both play O.J. Howard in cash yeah. then? Yes. And then in tournaments, I played, mm-hmm. in tournaments I played Kelsey and Cook. Right. They both scored. Cook so. worked out pretty well. Kelsey scored, I think, like 17 too. Not what I was looking for, but he did all right. So let's talk about some of these wide receivers because that was a big choice, and there was just a lot of – you know, I don't know, a lot going on at, at wide receiver. So, for example, A.J. Green, who was coming off of, you know, three double-digit target games, only had seven targets today. Same thing with Adams, who was coming off a massive streak of just getting targeted a ton, only had seven targets today. Thankfully, turned that into five for 133 because I had Adams in every lineup. Thought he was the best play of the group. Just didn't really see the usage. I guess that was a l- bad process on my part. Didn't really think that Cobb and Allison were going to affect him as much as they would affect, like, Valdez, Scantling, and Graham. But I guess, you know, that took took its toll on Adams as well. It was more It was more of a, just a slow-paced game. Like, Rodgers wasn't really slinging it like that, to be honest. They were really just, try, they were really just trying to play defense and stop that Rams offense. You don't want to get into a shootout with them. I know Rodgers is Rodgers, but, like, the Rams have studs at – receiver running back and they have a study quarterback there's no no reason to get in a shootout with them and they managed to put up um you know points in the end but for a while especially in the first half that was a low scoring game so we didn't really get the rogers and comeback mode that people were kind of expecting that i was kind of expecting I mean, we um, the rams managed to put it together in the end yeah yeah but uh, I mean, only only sixteen points for Rogers on DK. Should have got it. On the other side, <clears throat> on the other side, <laughs> shout out uh, Tymon. On the other side, Jared Goff was on the millionaire uh, maker winner um, at twelve percent owned. Three touchdowns, two to Josh Reynolds, one to Gurley. Um, pretty solid day for for Jared Goff. We talked about it on a preview episode that he's a better quarterback at home rather than on the road, and uh, he proved it. Big facts. Yeah, um, for sure. And it kind of shows, like, this week there wasn't really a quarterback that you needed to have because if you look down the list of a lot of tournaments, you'll see multiple different yeah. guys. It's it's not like some weeks where, you know, yeah. like, 
you know, Mitch Trubisky throws six touchdowns, and if you didn't have him, you're screwed. Like, you know, Goff had 26 points. Luck had just under that. Um, you know, Jameis was popular, and he burned you because he got benched, but um, he was on pace to do, you know, close to that. Uh, Big Ben did right around the same thing as Goff, right? Yeah, the top the top 10 uh, places in the Millionaire Maker had, I think, five different quarterbacks. So, like you said, you really didn't need to have your, your eye on one guy. Goff, Mahomes, Cam Newton, Big Ben, Matt Stafford was even in there. Wilson should have been, right? I mean, Wilson had a, had a good game. I don't think people were really on Wilson, honestly, especially in the Millionaire Maker. Yeah, damn. But anyways, going back to, uh, you know, some of those other receivers in that high 7K range, you know, most of them produce. Like, you know, Green and Adams both still put up over 18 points each. Um, Evans had six catches for 179 yards and a touchdown. Just uh, another great game out of Evans. Odell had eight catches for 136. So you really couldn't have gone wrong with any of these guys. They just didn't put up the monster game you needed, really. You know, they didn't put up the the 30-point game, yeah. I guess with the exception of Evans. 32.9. Yeah, so, so Evans was actually the play and the lowest owned of the group as well, so... So actually, Evans was the play, but I mean, you could have made it theoretically with one of the others if you had a, if you had a good enough line. Yeah, like it. you could have fit one of those guys in, and then with James Conner, Cream Hunt, Joe Mixon, Gurley, like this week, you could have made it possible, just like paying down on defense, paying down at tight end, uh, quarterbacks relatively cheap. So I mean, you definitely could have made it work pay- paying up for one of those seven K wide receivers. It's crazy because last week. On this very pod, on our on our recap pod, when we first saw the prices, like we just straight said, like maybe we should fade Gurley, play Connor Mixon and Hunt in cash, and that was the move. But I mean, if you, all of us if got you, off Mixon in the end. If you listen to the preview pod, we damn near got everything right. That's not that's not a humble brag. That's just facts. Yeah, it's not it's not humble. It's more like a brag brag. Yeah. Hey, shout out to Steph Diggs getting that touchdown on Sunday Night Football though. Every yeah, to, real yeah. toe tapper. Yeah, shout out to shout out to him. But yeah, everything that myself, you guys said or mentioned, it pretty much came true. Um, although Gurley did snap, he had thirty six point five points. Standard, you know, he's gonna score over thirty every week. Could have had a could have had a bigger day, but he pulled up at the end to just let the clock run out. Um, I seen I know that that pissed some betters and fantasy owners off. Could have decided a matchup. Completely saved me. Whew. <laughs> yeah. Oh so I mean, you could never go wrong with playing with playing Todd Gurley in cash. But you know who who hasn't been a cash receiver this year really is Antonio Brown. He had another good game, but it's just like. I don't see anybody playing him in cash right now. I think it's been he's just been so consistent for so long, people don't even talk about it anymore. But he's just as consistent as he's always been. I mean, maybe maybe slightly less so because Juju is there, but I mean, 200-yard games in the last 3 weeks, you know, no no less than 5 catches in either. What is it? 5 touchdowns in the last 3 weeks? Like Brown is doing the same stuff he always yeah. does. Have you played him in cash though? No, I haven't. And Honestly, it didn't really cross my mind this week just because I didn't think that he was 
better of a play than like Adams or AJ Green, who I was really deciding between. The thing with Antonio Brown is like kind of like the Rams receivers. I feel like he could get vultured by Connor because they love to run Connor at the goal line. I don't know. I just don't know about his touchdown equity, but you know, maybe. I mean, he had a one yard touchdown today, so I guess I shouldn't even say that little little one yard screen pass into the end zone for Antonio. Yeah, that's that's definitely a fact. Um, just just going back talking about James Conner. So, Jared, you're you're not playing him at home ever. No. That's the crazy. only one way I would play him at home is if they play the Falcons at home. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the Falcons are bad against running backs, so target them every week. Um, They've given up a 20-point running back every week of the season. But just talking about Connor, like, his home and away splits are damn near identical. Yeah, I 307 mean, yards rushing away, 292 on the road, or 292 at home, five touchdowns home, four away, more catches at home, more, yard, more receiving yards at home. I'm not worried. It's not going to end up like that. A couple less it's points. It's not going to end up like that. Like, I mean, home and away splits just aren't something that I'm even going to really consider for the most part in NFL, unless it's a, an extended sample, like, for example, Big Ben or Drew Brees or someone who's just – it's a proven fact. But, like, with James Conner, who's been in the NFL, been a starting player in the NFL for, what, like seven games yeah. now? I'm, I'm, <laughs> there's just not enough of a sample size to draw a conclusion. The only conclusion I can see is that – and half of his games, he's put up over 30 points. So, that I mean, I feel like Connor is matchup proof and, and home and away proof, pretty much pretty much bust proof. The conclusion that I come to is play James Connor against the Browns. <laughs> that is factual. Get a nice 38.4. Yeah. <laughs> 38.4. <laughs> We we we'll probably have to wait till next year to play him again against the Browns. So well, you don't you don't see him uh, getting a nice like a wild card round in. You don't think the Browns are gonna make it? Uh, <laughs> I don't yeah. think so. Browns are okay. hashtag uh, full fade. They're about to fire Todd Haley, which is crazy to me because they need like, uh it should be kick Hugh Jackson to the curb. Seriously, like big time. Whenever you have the chance to play someone who's won like three games in the last three years, you got to do it. The amount of incompetent coaches in the NFL is crazy. Like this dude, Aaron Jones, is clear cut the best running back on the Packers. And then they don't give him like any carries in the second half or whatever. He had like two. Yeah, and one was another explosive run by him. Yeah, he looked <laughs> like, what are you, he really like, good. what are you doing? And then I saw, I saw people on, on Twitter wanting the Packers to fire Mike McCarthy for some goal line play call. I didn't see the play. Yo, I just feel like McCarthy likes puts Aaron Jones in a bottle, shakes it up, and then when we need a play, he'll just throw him out there. And every every other time, it's just like, yeah, let's throw Jamal out there for like a three-yard gain. Yeah, standard. Probably the same bottle that he's sipping yeah. from when he's making these decisions on yeah. play calls. He gets that bottle first from Jameis Winston. Yeah. <laughs> Jameis Winston sends it. To Mike McCarthy yeah. after he's done to, to use to hold Aaron Jones back. It's crazy. Like there was a there was a play in the uh, the first quarter. I think it was the second drive after they went up seven nothing. Then it was like third and I want to say third and three or third and four, and they just run it. They do a draw. Like fam, you have you have like the best quarterback of all, one of the best quarterbacks of all time on your team. Throw the ball. 
Nah. And and Devontae Adams. <laughs> yeah, nah. Devontae <laughs> Adams probably runs the cleanest slant route in the whole league. Like you could easily get a two yard gain off a slant route from him. Like, bro, I don't know. People are funny these days. Well, let me ask you guys this. Kind of, you know, off the board, but we haven't done this in a little while. We used to do this earlier in the year. Um, but let's talk about whether this is a trend or anomaly for a few players here. Um, do you guys think that Marlon Max usage over the last two weeks is a trend or something that will just be, you know, more game script dependent? Is, are we going to go like see them go back towards Heinz? Uh, they have a bye, so they're going to have another week for Mac to get fully healthy after he missed two practices this week. But, I mean, 25 carries this week, 19 last week, two receptions in each game, over 400 yards since he came back three weeks ago, um, four touchdowns. Just been on an absolute streak. Do you guys think that for the second half of the year here, Mac is going to be a consistent player for the Colts? Yeah, Mac's going to be Mac's gonna be nice. I hope. <laughs> I hope he is solid Cause input. Because <laughs> I have him. Yeah. But nah, he will. He will. It's definitely a trend. It's not an anomaly. Um, the Colts were high on him coming into the season. It's just, you know, like we talked about before on like a couple episodes ago, he was just hurt. Um, that's one of the the downfalls of him as a player is that he gets hurt a lot, and that's always a concern. But when he's healthy. He's shown that he's a capable running back and that he's explosive. And he's shown that this game and last week that he's capable of handling 20 carries, um, adding a couple of receptions. Obviously, they play Hines, but they could play Mac in the passing game if they wanted to. And Hines looks pretty good, too, to be honest. This is definitely a trend, I feel like, and he should continue it. Uh, in the second half of the season. Yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, he just gives the Colts an entirely different dynamic on offense. You're so used to seeing Andrew Luck just have to pass it like a hundred times a game. And it's just like Matt gives them some balance, which is obviously beneficial because it'll make the pass game more efficient as well. So run um, game benefits. It doesn't hurt. It benefits. I think coaches need to learn that some specific coaches. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another trend and or anomaly. What do you guys think about Kenny Galladay having three catches over trend. the last two weeks? Bomb. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. That's an anomaly. He's he's really good. He's going to be a stud. What do you think, Joey? The Lions want to be more balanced. And obviously, like we just said, that's a good thing. That's what you want. But it's just with them being balanced, it leads to Stafford not throwing as much, which obviously leads to less targets for him. And then when you also have Marvin Jones and Golden Tate, who are very capable receivers, it just hurts Galladay in the end. But he should he should bounce back the second half of the season. Um, Three catches over two weeks, that's – that's not uh, a standard for him, I feel like. Yeah, um, in my opinion, you just can't play any Lions receiver in cash whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and if Theo Riddick is back, you can't play any Lions player because that takes carry on out of consideration Besides Stafford. Cash. So, yeah, uh, maybe. I don't know. Stafford hasn't even – he's just not getting enough pass attempts to even really be that great in fantasy this year. Um, he had he had some this week, and Marvin Jones kind of blew up with seven catches for 117 and two touchdowns. 
But uh, it's just with these guys, it's like it could really go to any of the receivers in any given week, as we saw. Like Marvin has been sort of the odd man out these last few weeks, and then he snaps this week, and the other guys kind of fade. So it's just like they're all fine in GPPs, but I don't know how you would possibly predict which one is going to be the one in any given week. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard out here. Kind kind of like the Bucks, um, in that way. But uh, let's see. Is there anybody else? Oh yeah, you know, speaking just on the other side of that Lions game, I know we already kind of talked about it. But Chris Carson uh, lit it up today. Had 25 rush attempts for 105 yards. Just looked pretty good again. Um, Penny didn't touch the ball one time, so it was all Chris Carson as the one A to Mike Davis's one B, or I guess. Davis was more of just a solid B, and Carson was the one. So I, th- I think they want Carson to be the guy. It's just it's weird with that yeah. backfield. And he is the guy. Like, let's be real. He's the best running back on the team. Yeah. Um, Showed it today. He he runs hard, just like we mentioned with Lindsey, uh, Philip Lindsey. He's a tough runner. Mm-hmm. He's, he's going to put his shoulder down, and he's going to run you over. And he's also not a bad receiving back, but they have some other guys that they – they plug into the receiving game, Mike Davis, Penny. But, you know, I, I think it's a trend. I think after the first couple of weeks where the Seahawks uh, didn't run the ball very much, they they decided to start running it more, and now they've won four out of their last five. Um, and their loss was to the Rams in a close game. The Rams won on the last possession, you know. So they, they figured out that the, the formula for them to win – this season with this team that they have is to run the ball and as long as that happens and Chris Carson is getting 15 20 25 touches a game he should produce in their offense they really kind of found something with David Moore who made several impressive catches uh today granted they were over Tease Tabor who's a bona fide <laughs> scrub for the Lions just an absolute waste of a second round pick this dude is so slow and and people knew he was slow coming out too I don't know why you would draft a corner that runs a 4-7 like that's just a bad pick yeah like like do you play Madden like you don't draft a corner that's 4-7 it's just <laughs> It's just not the yeah, ideal that's not, spot. That's not how you play Madden, guys. I mean, I'll, I'll, yeah, I mean, I'll keep it a stack with you. I don't know if Bob Quinn was considering Madden strategy when he made that pick, but maybe he should have been. Yeah, maybe. It might have helped him. I mean, David Moore, though, David Moore for the Seahawks is doing pretty well. He only had four catches, but 97 yards and a touchdown, and he kind of perfectly fits the role that Paul Richardson left behind in Seattle because he isn't necessarily a burner like Lockett is but he can just make some wild contested catches. Like, this dude has great hands, and he will just jump over you and catch the ball. So um, I don't think Moore is a player that you can really count on, but he could definitely have big games for Seattle's. And and he has four touchdowns over the last uh, three weeks, I think. Yeah, he, get, so. he gets separation. Um, he's also he a 4-7 guy, so he's not going to burn by you, but – he runs nice routes. He has good hands. He can make the uh, the contested catches. Mosses people week in and week out. So. And uh, I guess the last last trend and or anomaly I've got here. Do you guys think that the the Rams wide receiver struggles are going to continue? Because this is now two weeks running where neither uh no Rams receiver has topped over twenty, which isn't like you know, crazy for some teams, but with this team, you like usually one of these guys is going off. And I think Cooper Cup being gone is 
kind of limiting the entire passing game, maybe more than we know, because it puts Robert Woods in a role that we thought he would flourish in, but he was better off in the role he was in uh, before. And Cooks just hasn't done it in the last two weeks. Um, He's had a couple 25-point games. Yeah, but, yeah, he did – I mean, he was Jair on him for this game. Yeah, almost – Almost every play was on him. You straight locked him up, bro. Straight locked him up. He gave up. I think he gave up like two catches, and one was just a great, like just a great catch by Brandon Cooks on the sideline. Honestly, Brandon Cooks isn't even that good. Let's be real. I mean, he's he's not bad. Like, he's not he's not bad, but he's not great. Like, he's average in my opinion. And I think Robert Woods is, if he, oh my, is asked to do more, like you said, like to take over that cup role. He's not going to to produce. I, I don't think. I don't know. You guys got anything else here? It was a. I mean, it was a short slate. A lot of uh, you know misery on my side, but you know managed to cash, so it's all good. Um, as long as you won, it's all that matters. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, it happened in the end, so so we're good there. Just got to get off this GPP, you know, losing streak, man. I got. I don't know. Got to reevaluate the process here. Um, well, have you have you lost in cash this year? I don't think so. I lost in early only the last two weeks, but I've cashed every week in Maine. So I got to stop playing these small slates. A dub is a dub. And, then, you know, real quick, though, the last thing that we should uh, talk about before we get on out of here is the Brian Leftwich experience in, in you know Arizona because this is something that we've all been sort of locked in on is he finally going to get David Johnson the usage that he deserves and the answer to a (laughs) is no all right it's over for David Johnson this season I'll put that out there right now I will never play him again for the next how many weeks is there left nine weeks tough Mm -mm. tough Mm -mm. That whole Cardinals team is a fade for me. There, I got three teams that I'm fading personally: the Cardinals, the Browns, and the Jets. Not the Bills. Oh, and oh, well, that that's kind of implied for this season. Yeah, yeah. yeah that that's yeah, that's kind of like known. I mean, but David Johnson, twenty total touches, four of them were catches, sixteen rush attempts, and ugh, it was it's just bad. It's just bad, and it's the whole offense. Rosen doesn't look good. Just everything is just really bad. It's just really bad in that team. They can't score. Like, I will say that I don't. I I don't think it's David Johnson's fault. I think it's I the mean, coaching's fault. I think it's the bad offense's fault. And you know, I think David Johnson will have a ho- like hope to rebound. I don't think this is like by any stretch the end of him being a superstar in the NFL. I just think it's a lost year. And. You know, he'll have to hopefully be on a better offensive team next year. Yo, trade him to the Patriots. You know, be at the Cardinals or anyone. Trade him to the Patriots. Yeah. Why not? For what? Sony Michelle? Nah, for a seventh round pick. <laughs> what's so, fu- what's so yeah, funny? Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, just to inform the listeners, we are going to be streaming or live streaming on YouTube instead of Instagram now. Yep. Um, we have decided as a collective group that that will be the best possible uh, stream for for us to give you guys. So we'll be coming live to you on YouTube. You'll be you'll be able to to watch it, you know, on your phone, laptop, wherever. It's gonna be on Twitter on our Twitter. You just click on it, 
then it should just bring you right to the live. Um, and it'll have all three of us on there at the same time. Yeah, no more of this, uh, you know, having to stop midway through to sub another person on. Um, just should be a better product overall for, from us. We're, we're still going to use Instagram a lot. We're going to be uh, trying to get our YouTube channel popping. So go ahead and subscribe to us on there at the DFS Dose. And, uh, yeah, catch us live on there at noon Eastern on November 4th. For sure. Catch us there. And, uh, like, I mean, I think that that might be related because, like, I've been doing bad in GPPs for two weeks straight, right? Complete losses. And we haven't done the Instagram show for two weeks straight. So I'm just not getting your guys, like, last-minute input that helps me make That, that might know, be great it. Lineups. You need the hot takes so, at 11 a.m. or at 12 a.m. Eastern. Yeah, no, for, for, for sure. So I think that um, – you know, next week we'll do it. And if I win, then that's just proof that, that the, the DFS dose live stream is where you need to be to win tournaments. It's not where you want to be. It's where you need to be. Yeah. All yeah, right. It's where you need to be. And that's not even big facts. That's massive overweight facts. Like just yeah. obese facts. Unhealthy Sitting facts. Sitting on the toilet right. eating a box of donut we, facts. That, that's kind of weird. Yikes. <laughs> but... um also another programming note uh we will be i mean we'll post this on twitter that'll probably get to more people but still uh we'll be doing our show a day late this week so we'll be coming out friday instead of thursday um you know we'll we'll be a day late but hey uh, we'll have a whole nother day's worth of injury news to talk about so you know it could be good for the show yeah, so yeah. busy. You know, it's a uh, I, I got a spooky oh, wow. Wednesday planned. What wow. can I say? Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say something real quick. Um, if you listen to the podcast, you're definitely winning money. Like, you're you're definitely cashing every week, no matter what. Yeah, y'all try and try. Try and support us, you know. We're trying to we're trying to make big moves here in this this DFS community. You know what I'm saying? And, and get some and get some separation from the group thing. You know, you know we we do our process a little bit differently. I mean, we take everything into account. But some of these other guys, man, it's all it's all just the same numbers and stats being shot out there. So you know, get a fresh voice. Get someone who's not in with these big companies. You know, shout out to them still. No hate. Like they're obviously doing something right to be in the position they're in. But you know, it's good just to get a little separation of groupthink, uh, get some unique perspectives, and that's something I do think that we definitely offer. But yeah, guys, that is going to be it for the podcast this week. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose, same handle on Instagram, uh, and my personal Twitter is at Ben Hover, B E N H A U V E R. Guys, tell them where they can find you. My personal Twitter is at Joey Carrion underscore. And follow me on Instagram as well at the same thing. And my Twitter is at Jared underscore underscore Marcus. All right, guys. We will see you on Friday for a full preview of week nine. Got to get spooky on one. Hey, yeah. Hashtag get spooky.